Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Warner. This podcast is all about taking a few moments for yourself and reconnecting to the amazing woman behind the title of mom. You have so many plates spinning at any given time between your kids, your partner, your job, maintaining your household, etc., etc. But where does taking time just for you play into that? Let's spend some time together, you and me, right now. We're going to connect, tune in, and tap in to what makes us the incredible woman that we are. We'll nurture ourselves so that we can pour into those who can count on us. We'll also hear from other moms to learn about the ways in which they've tapped into alignment in their own motherhood journeys. Let's roll. We're having a mom moment. Hello, friends. I have Mary back. This is Mary number two, pregnant Mary, uh, back for another episode today. And this was kind of unplanned um, because she had stumbled across something in her um pregnancy journey um, on some of those pregnancy boards that we may all be familiar with and thought it would be a good thing to kind of bring to light. And I definitely agree. So Mary, thanks for joining me today and uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. What did you find? Yeah, it was like, it was on that what to expect uh, app that were like the forums, which like we were just talking about, they can be kind of crazy mm-hmm. and uh, over the top. And I, I normally read them just for, honestly, because they're kind of fascinating because there's like everything under the sun under there. But one I came across a few weeks ago was about, you know, a mom ex- or a soon-to-be mom experiencing like anxiety or depression or just a, unwanted feelings before the baby's born and all this, all this stuff. And she was asking the forum, should she go on Zoloft? Should she do these things. And so I clicked in because it's, I find that pretty interesting. So right away, there was like tons of women who were just, um, encouraging her to go on it. It's going to change her life. Da, da, da. And I'm not saying it won't change her life, mm-hmm. but there was things like, I started feeling these feelings and within two days they put me on Zoloft and I was like, slow down, calm down, hold on you know, within a matter of days, these women are like hopping on an SSRI, which is, I mean, a pretty dependent, your body is pretty dependent on, on drugs like that fairly quickly. And everyone's different, but, um, in my experience, and this is not any, obviously I haven't, I can't speak for them being pregnant and feeling these feelings, but at 15, 16, I started what's called Lexapro, which is also an SSRI. So I have no experience with Zoloft, no experience with like the other ones that the the main ones, but I do have plenty of experience with Lexapro, which is a very common anxiety, depression, uh, SSRI. Can you explain what an SSRI? Yes. Let me get you the like exact definition. It's a, it's a serotonin, um, something it's, it's basically you're replacing the serotonin that your body naturally would release with a, with okay. a synthetic version okay. um, to make, to give you those quote unquote happy um, emotions or happy hormones that okay. like normally if your body's functioning normally, you'll have oxytocin, you'll have dopamine, serotonin, and lots of different things can set that off. Exercise, food mm. choices, what, what have you, yep. life situations. But, um, 
it's very common for all of these things to get out of line or depleted. Um, let me get you that selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Okay. They are a class of drugs that are typically used as antidepressants in the treatment of major depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, and other physiological, um, I'm so sorry, <laughs> other psychological, not physiological. <laughs> I'm thinking about physiological birth, you know, and yes, <laughs> yes, I know psychological <laughs> conditions. So yeah, I never respond to these forums, but I did feel compelled because there was maybe a couple other women in there that seem to think more on my side of things where they um they were offering encouragement but they were also like hey this is fairly normal like there's different ways to get through this um but you know the majority was just nope just just do it just get on you won't regret it and I just thought that was a bit jarring especially for someone who's expressing that they're unsure if this is even what they want Mm -hmm. and so it's very it's very serious I think to it's not a casual thing to be put on this type of, you know, um, this class of, of medication, I think. So I did, I did offer, um, some food for thought. I can just read it out actually. Yeah. I would love that while you're pulling that up. I think it's, um, so interesting, um, to hear the immediate response in, in Mm -hmm. and just do it. And I will say, from my own experience, how quickly a couple of my friends when I was kind of like, eh, this is kind of how I'm feeling, you know, after I had my children, not pregnant, of course, but there's like, just get on XYZ. Like, oh my gosh, it took the edge off. Like, life is so yes. like, why is that the immediate response that you're just like, ah, exactly. go do this, you know? Exactly. There's nothing wrong with it. And I guarantee you it is life-changing for so many women and men or whoever needs it. But why is that the immediate reaction? And I mean, doctors used to tell me, I mean, and now granted I got off when I was 20, so I was on it for six years. Um, but people, the, the doctors used to tell me, oh, you can be on it for your whole life. And I would say back to them, I don't, but that's not what I want to do. And I felt like I was like some minority of people saying I didn't want to be dependent because if I would try to get off of it, the withdrawal, the withdrawals of it would be so intense for me. Mm-hmm. I would have to just get back on and try again. It took me a whole year to get off of it. Now that's yeah. not everyone's experience. Some people can get off of it much easier and quicker, almost like cold turkey style. That was not how it was with me. That was not how it worked in my body. And it was only 10 milligrams of it. It was, it was not like a huge amount, but personally it didn't matter. So, mm-hmm. okay. So this is what I said. I of course want you to do what's best for you, but I do want to offer a differing opinion just as food for thought. I have never been on Zoloft, but I was on Lexapro for six years. Again, I have zero experience with Zoloft, but it it is what's called an SSRI, just like Lexapro. So one can assume it works fairly similar in the body. It sort of helped, but for me, was more of a Band-Aid for me versus dealing with my true feelings. I worked extremely hard to get off of it, which was really hard because once your body is dependent on a substance to start making serotonin for you, your body doesn't naturally want to or need to make it anymore. I am 30. This is when I was 20. So I don't want to discount your experience or your need for it, but I just wanted to encourage you that if you did have any doubts and you wanted to push through, 
and work through these depressive spells to the other side, happier and Zoloft free, please know it is 100% achievable. I won't say it is easy. I had a very difficult time, but I will never regret my decision. Coming off of Lexapro and dealing with the withdrawals, in my opinion, was way worse than working through the depressive and anxious spells that I was experiencing that led me there in the first place. I am happier than ever. And trust me, I completely understand the feeling of desperation to quote unquote, feel better. Mm-hmm. There is this amazing book I found called At Last a Life by Paul David. Um, just a side note for me right now, that book, you can find that on Amazon. I don't even know how I found it randomly years ago, but it really, really helped. Awesome. And we'll link that in the show notes here. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I said, again, perhaps you are not feeling any anxieties, but usually in my case, anxiety was looped in with depression. Mm-hmm. This book helped explain to me what my mind, body, and brain um, were doing so that I could fight back and have the control. Because I do feel like a lot of it is a control thing. You feel like you're losing control. And that's mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? What's, it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just right. feeling things that you maybe haven't felt before. And that, and that is scary. I can't imagine what that must feel like to never have those. Maybe you could speak to that um, more because I've just been so from since high school, I've had those feelings. So it's like, I I'm more used to them, I think, but I think if I was an adult experiencing them for the first time, it'd be a little bit more Mm -hmm. upsetting. Yeah. And I think too, just in the scope of, um, being pregnant, you know, that's a huge change mm-hmm. in itself, even if it's not her first pregnancy, you know, and pregnancy and those hormones can do some wild things to your body, but yeah, uh, I could see where it would be. Yeah. Be great. Unsettling. I said, please don't feel that if you choose Zoloft, you are a failure or you gave up. That is not true at all. And it is amazingly life-changing. I'm sure if you are past the point of functioning in normal life to where you may need it but I wanted to urge you to listen to your body and mind and what it is telling you. You can do hard things and get through to the other side, just like labor, just like parenthood. You can do it and you are stronger than you think. Whatever decision you make will be the right decision. I say all of this with so much love and kindness, be easy on yourself. Was there response to that post? Um, I think a couple of people liked it, but it was not like a Okay. Nobody like. I didn't know people were gonna like pile on you from the other yeah, side and be like, right? "Kids are the only way." Yeah. Yeah, and and for a minute I thought about that, but then I thought that's fine. I don't care if someone right. wants to do that, right? Because, yeah. um, but no, nobody, nobody did because I think it's it's unfortunate, but it just seemed like a lot of the responses were of people who really had very little experience or like a month or two of experience with this drug. And it's like, that's not enough. That's not enough time to really understand how, how it's going to settle in your body. And yeah, you know, I can't speak to, I've never really had to take outside of like a birth control. I've never like had to take any kind of maintenance drug, but things that I have started, you know, to maybe remedy for me, it's like my body gets used to it after a while. And then it's like, whatever it is, like, for example, like some, you know, I think I did some like acne treatments or whatever. And it's like, everything works for a while and then it stops working. And I've noticed that with other things that I take as well. And it's just like, if I, if I take anything for like a prolonged amount of time, my body gets used to it. And then it's like, at that point, what do you have to up the dosage? What happens when you're on an SSRI? And then that's exactly right. It sometimes your body 
gets used to the dosage and then you feel, well, it's not, you plateau and you're like, well, it's not providing me what I need anymore. And then that's when that conversation comes up. Well, do we need to up your dosage? And that's when things can get kind of out of hand because the higher you go, the more reliant your body becomes. If you decide one day you don't want to be it, be on it anymore. It's very common for people to say, well, actually I feel great now. I don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. So they, they come off of it and guess what? They just drop right into a hole and they got to start that process all over again mm-hmm. because you think I'm good. But once that half-life of the drug runs out, once the you know, entirety of the drug runs out in your system, you're right back kind of to where you started. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it is, it is the situation of your body just getting like way, way too dependent on it. Yeah. And then that's when people decide that they're good. They don't, they can just be on it forever. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's seriously nothing wrong with that. I don't want anyone to think like there's, uh, that's so, that's so not why I, it was just a personal decision for me. Right. It was really important for me to, yeah. to come off of it because I never wanted to be on it on the first place. However, we did everything we could. And, um, my mom and I, we did everything we possibly could to and my dad, you know, we all worked together to like sort it out as naturally as possible, but it was getting to the point where I wasn't really functioning that well. Mm-hmm. I was having trouble in school. I was like, it was not good. I was like a shell of who I, my, you know, fun personality. Like it just yeah. wasn't working and I was right. still really young. So yeah, we made a decision. I don't regret it. And then as soon as I could kind of work through it older and more like grounded, I worked through it and awesome. But so if someone's really not functioning in their day-to-day life, it's incredibly powerful and helpful because it does give you clarity. Um, But in my opinion, it it is a Mm -hmm. band-aid. It's something that I promise you can work out on your own because if I can like crawl to the bottom of the pits of hell and and get back out, I promise that you can too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't buy it when when people are like, oh, I can't live without it. I, I yeah. think you can, you're stronger than you think. Yeah, I, I agree. With, to whatever degree you're comfortable, would you mind sharing some of the things that um, you think have helped pull you out or things that you yeah. do now in your life that you think are allowing you to stay in your current more positive state? Yeah, I think it was learning how, cause my big thing was always like, I know for a lot of people it's depression. My big thing was always anxiety. I had like crippling anxiety okay. and that kind of would just like make me feel depressed because I was experiencing anxiety. Mm. For some people it's anxiety is not really a thing. It's more like they're depressed. They're sad. Um, I've always been like so full of life. And so just like and so it was hard for me to feel like super anxious because it felt that it felt like it was, it, it was the opposite of who I really was. Um, so yeah, so some things that really helped me, um, was, it means it's going to sound kind of silly, but yoga really, really, really did because it taught me, um, how to breathe more effectively. Uh, cause when you're having like a, a, a really bad panic attack or anxiety attack, whatever, 
you start like hyperventilating and you almost feel like your throat's closing. And like, you feel like there's something like sitting on your chest. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. You, you feel like you're having a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning how to talk yourself off that ledge and like learning how to actually talk yourself down from a, from a panic attack. I haven't had a panic attack in probably like a decade at this point because mm-hmm. I, it just pr- practice makes perfect. I practiced how to, when that was happening, when I was spiraling, I would just have to talk myself down. Mm-hmm. You have to trust yourself that you can learn to do these things. You don't need yes. a drug or somebody telling you, you, you can teach yourself. I promise I did it. Yes. And now I don't experience that level of crippling anxieties anymore. I just don't. Yes. Okay. A couple of things. One, do you think by starting yoga and then learning those breathing techniques, um, that you use in yoga, do you think it's easier to access those at other times when you are starting to feel elevated, even if you're not doing yoga, you can kind of tap into that. Yeah. I think it bleeds into other aspects of your life in a positive way for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I do. It does sound silly saying out loud, but I do think breath is, is really important. Um, I've been, I've been learning. I don't don't think it's silly because I'm, I get it. I get it now. And this is someone who before get it, like, I get it now. And it's like, holy shit, is it so powerful? It's so powerful. And I think I just didn't really understand, but yeah, think about if you're like hyperventilating or you're like super, like, obviously I have normal like levels. Like if I'm like, feel like I'm in danger or somebody's gonna like drive into me duh, I'm going to be like, you know, your heart's going to race. I'm not going to be chill as a cucumber. I'm just talking about just like generalized doom gloom type thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's like your, your breath literally forces your body to slow down and, um, and come back into itself. Yes. That's the big thing. Getting out of your head for just a couple minutes and dropping back into your body. Yes. It's huge. It's huge because you're, when you're, I feel like when your brain's telling you one thing and your body's telling you another, it's confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, probably very anxiety producing because, mm -hmm. yeah, I was going to say at the end of the day, your brain is trying to protect you. Like your ancient Mm -hmm. million year old lizard brain is in there trying to keep you alive. But sometimes it's an interpreting things as threats that are not truly threats. So I can resonate with this a little bit because as you know, uh, or may not know, I think, you know, I don't know if you really know the extent, but I had pretty crippling, um, storm phobia. I mean, you mentioned it. it, Yeah. (laughs) Very, very intense. Um, to the point where like, if I knew it was going to storm that day, I was a nervous wreck all day. Um, my body was very much in fight or flight mode. Like again, you know, my body's trying to, or my brain's trying to protect my body. But my brain is also telling me that if there's a thunderstorm coming, that that immediately means that a funnel cloud is going to drop on my house and kill my whole family. Like that's where, you know, like that's where the brain goes, even though I know that's not the truth. I have survived 100% of the thunderstorms that I have lived through. I have been in exactly, you know, zero tornadoes to date, but there's a, and there's a whole backstory as to why I have this phobia, but um, yes, the, the anxiety piece. And I am working on it in therapy, highly recommend therapy. If that feels aligned for you, um, things will come up that you didn't even know were things and it's, it's all good. Um, but yes, that was one of the main things is 
my therapist taught me was like, you got to get out of your head and drop back into that breath. So like box breathing, or she even told me, you know, where you start to spiral, stick your hand in ice water or stick your face in ice water just to like snap your brain out of it, quiet it for a minute and drop back into your body. Yeah. That's great advice. And also like Mel Robbins, you know, I love her. We like listen to all her stuff. Um, she has her like five second rule, like five, four, three, two, one, think about something different do something different because, uh, that natural interruption, which is kind of like the ice, the ice water thing you're mentioning. Mm -hmm. It's a way to interrupt the spiraling and snap yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though, because we're not taught those things. These are things that we might find through other means, you know, you're not being taught how to regulate yourself in school. You're not taught any of that shit in college with all that (laughs) money you put towards a degree you know it's like once your little sphere starts to get dark and cloudy and confusing and painful is when you either seek out meds or alternative means to feel more balanced but unfortunately it's so easy to slap yeah I know I, I it's it is it's scary it really is and of course there's there's so many situations where like an obvious like if it's like a medical, a true medical condition, obviously it's, it's not about being like, Oh, I want to be all natural. It's not about that at all. It's just, um, yeah. Like if it's something super, super necessary that you're, you, you literally can't live your life because of this issue. Um, which for some people, anxiety, and depression can absolutely feel like that. That is absolutely true. Um, but I think part of how I, why I needed needed it younger, is because I was trying to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I was a little bit too young. You know, at sixteen, yeah. you don't really, you're right. not really thinking in the same way. No, you're absolutely not. And your prefrontal cortex is still forming, and all of right. This thinking abilities yeah you almost can't look at it in like a like until I could look at it in a more scientific light of oh this is happening to me this is not me it's okay yes. this is happening yes. you are not your anxiety you are yes right. you're so big so then I could understand oh okay I just need to understand what's happening then I can work through ways to combat it and control it in a sense. Um, and it's weird. People go through it at different points. Some people don't ever feel it. Some people, they in their 30s, 40s, 50s. It's, and it's very scary because it's not only emotional in your mind, it's like in your body. So you mm-hmm. think something's physically wrong with you. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, I'm not, I'm unwell. But but the doctor's like, no, no, you're well, you, you're experiencing anxiety. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, that's unpleasant. <laughs> because <laughs> you would rather them just tell you there's something wrong with you. Like, yeah. oh yes, you have this thing going on. And then once we fix it, it'll, you'll be fine. And you focus so much on trying to feel better and get better. And then you get, are disappointed because it doesn't work always. Mm-hmm. You just need to, I think, let all of the emotion in, all the feeling in, and um, and just let it get messy and work through it. Mm. 
can I ask were you did you start doing the work quote unquote um while you were still on the medication after yes. or definitely. while you were in transition while you were definitely on it? while I was on it yeah okay. because it is quite intense to that would be quite intense to have something that really impacted your day-to-day functioning and then just decide oh okay I'm not gonna you know I haven't yeah. sorted myself out yet and I'm off of it that would be I'm sure it's not impossible, but that would be a, definitely a lot harder. Um, so yeah, I would, it, it did take me, I tried multiple times following what the doctors had said to cut it down by, I think by half. Now I was only 10 milligrams. I was fairly lucky to not have this like huge dosage. It didn't yeah. impact me that much. It just, it helped enough to the point where yeah. you noticed a difference if you didn't have it, which I never liked that feeling because you're like, oh, whoops, I forgot to take that today. Now, now I kind of feel like garbage, you know, and you, it would last a few days, you'd be fine. And then the half-life would wear off. It, it was not a good, it was not a good rhythm to be in, but um, their recommendations for getting off the, the dosage of reducing never worked for me. It, it never did. I ended up having to ex- experiment and point getting, cutting down by 0.25 every like month or so or whatever was the only thing that worked for me I think I was just my system was so sensitive or whatever to it that it just I noticed any draft any change at all um and then during that time it was I would say it wasn't for me it wasn't really therapy based um I that that's not what helped me the most um I think it was just trial and error and it was learning to trust myself mm. and um, not saying I hadn't had therapy prior to that because therapy can be so excellent. It worked, it worked more in my opinion for me for like specific situations versus mm-hmm. general. Yeah. Um, but in this situation, I was so determined. I knew what I needed to do and, and I was ready. And I remember the day when I got to zero milligrams and I thought, here we go. In a couple of days, I'm going to feel like crap again. It, here yeah. it comes. And it didn't come this time. Mm. And I was like, I'm free. Wow. I'm free. It's, it's like the best feeling you could ever imagine because you're so much fuller and better on the other side, being your true self and, mm-hmm. and like letting the raw emotions take over and yeah. not being afraid of them. Some people are afraid of being too much and too intense and too emotional and too this, too that. And I don't think that's a great way to look at at it. I think, I think part of growing into your skin is saying, maybe I am a little this or that. And that's great. Yeah. That makes me part of who I am. And usually if anyone feels like you're too much, you're too this, you're too that, usually it's an insecurity on their side. They, maybe they feel like they're too much in some department or they're unlikable or unlovable in some aspect of their personality. Yes. Which is obviously sad. Nobody should feel that way. Yes. I have several things to say about this. First about that last part. Um, it's usually when someone is hung up on something about you. Uh, I won't say usually. It's often because they're not free in themselves with that you know, they're suppressing something in them and they see you doing it and it triggers them because they don't feel free to be that way. 
you know, it may not be your exact quality, but however they're identifying that quality of you that triggers them, so to speak, it's something in themselves that they're not, um, they're not free or allowing themselves to be free with, which is interesting because I look back now that I like have that awareness, I look back at people who have triggered me in the past and I'm like, oh, that's why I didn't like you. That's why it's, it wasn't you. It was, you had something that I, that I wanted, you know, right. and not even like a, a tangible thing, but like you were living in a way that I admired and I felt was inaccessible to me. And yeah. Second thing, emotions are visitors is what I'm learning. Ooh. And you know, you don't have to identify with the emotion and emotions aren't always telling you the truth. You know, you can yeah. feel them, you can notice them and even breathe into them, give them space. The good tips that I've learned are notice instead of saying I'm anxious, but mm -hmm. Oh, I'm noticing anxiety. Totally. Like, okay. And why, then, is this, why is this bringing up this for me right now? Like it's, I noticed this not, and then it's not that deep. Yeah. And then where do you feel it in your body? And then giving it space and like, okay, you know what, when I feel this anxious feeling, I feel it in my chest. And then I, so for me, uh, thunderstorms much better about it, but I mean, I used to spiral like straight up. Like I thought I was going to, part of me thought I was going to die every single time it stormed. So my, you know, my therapist walked me through, like, where do you feel it in your body? And let's go back to the last time you felt that way. Where did you feel it? And I feel it in my legs because my body is trying to run. Like that's the fight or flight. Like my body is like, I'm feeling it like in my thigh here, like in the biggest muscle and, you know, and my body is like fucking run, yes. <laughs> danger, danger, fucking run. And so like, okay, just like honoring that and going, okay, I'm feeling this feeling. I I'm noticing, I'm noticing fear. I'm not scared. I am noticing fear rising up. I feel it in my legs. Okay. I'm going to breathe into that space. I'm going to allow it to be there. And then I'm going to just continue to breathe into it and see if I can let it dissipate. And sometimes this only takes a minute. Sometimes it might take, you know, 15 minutes, but usually if you give it space and continue breathing into it, you can release it. And one of my favorite techniques to do that for me is I like put in my mind, they put the feeling like in a little like seat, like a crate that I can see inside of. And I set it on a cloud and then I watch the cloud float away in my mind. That's and it's so just cute. like, <laughs> I know it's so cute, but it's like when you're beginning to spiral and you can talk yourself through those steps and then you can see it physically leaving, you know, in your mind, it's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to, I'm okay now. I'm okay now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And it's such a learned skill. It's something mm. anyone can learn. It's not like, oh, well, I'm just chemically imbalanced and, and that's it. And this is, this is just me. I, no, that's discounting your strength and abilities yes. to, to get through something. It's all learned. It, yeah. it doesn't mean that just because you feel something one, once or twice, or maybe a ton of times that that's it. That's how you're going to feel the rest of your life. That's yep. And, and I, and I think that's so it's hard to see in terms of like an anxiety or a phobia. It's so hard to see past that because it feels so visceral and so permanent. Yeah. You're like, oh, yes. this yes. really feels intense and I don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. It cripples you. Yeah. You just can't, you may seem fine on the outside, but it's very draining on the inside. Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. not, um, yeah. The, that skill of, of being able to talk yourself off that ledge in your case, putting, putting your 
phobia in, in, a, in a little crate and putting on a cloud and yeah, exactly. And it flies away because it's not, doesn't need to be permanent. We right. don't need to attach ourselves to right. things so intensive, intensively. I don't, I don't know yeah. why. Give yourself the permission to freaking release it. And I will say too, you know, when you're pregnant, your hormones are doing a wild ride that you've, you know, and it's different from one pregnancy to the next. I don't think any of them are the same, even, you know, my first and second pregnancies were different. I know my pregnancies were different than Mary's and Mary's are different than her friends. You know, it's very, very different. It's very individualized, a very individualized experience. And your hormones can wreak havoc on your emotions. If you've got anxiety, it can wreak havoc on that. If you don't have anxiety, it can present those feelings. But that's really, I think it's so important to really get real with yourself. And from a hormonal perspective, realize like, okay, this is just part of what I'm going through right now with this pregnancy. And it can change. It likely will change on the other side. But if you have concerns, talk to your, talk to your doctor, definitely talk to your doctor. If you don't trust your doctor, find another doctor. You know, if that means reaching outside for someone in the mental health space, then do that. Um, and then just honoring the journey on the other side, because I know those emotions and things can definitely flare up on the other side as well. Being a mom is wild. Going through pregnancy and postpartum is wild. And then just giving yourself the grace and space. To right. And if you've never experienced, if you've never felt that emotion before, and then all of a sudden you have this new thing of pregnancy on top, hell yeah, it would be scary as I'll get out. I think I would also react how a lot of those women were in the forms of just, just do it. You're going to thank yourself. You're going to do it because it's freaky. You're already dealing with so much and you're like, my body's already going through all these changes. I don't know if I can handle this other change. If you didn't have a foundation previously in how to manage these feelings that are brand new for you. Yeah, that would be really, that would be really intense and really hard. Um, so and there's always something, there's always things happening behind closed doors that you've, you have no idea about. There's always people, there's way more people that deal with emotions like this that don't ever say anything and you would right. never know they're dealing with them. Right. And then you realize. So sometimes people will need to have something that helps them gain clarity and gets them through to the next step. Absolutely. I don't think anyone should ever, uh, totally undermine that or or cancel that out for themselves because it might totally be necessary if you cannot function if you cannot get through your day-to-day it might be what you need until you can function um and some people some people are able to get to wean themselves off and not have it be super dramatic or mm-hmm. like difficult and that's great. And it just kind of helps you get through a rough patch. But yeah, I really just want to encourage every everyone. But in this case, since we're talking about specifically more pregnancy related or postpartum or just motherhood in general, but any, but anyone, men too, that like you said, everything is um, usually temporary and those feelings can be really fleeting but they seem like they last forever it could be like super ephemeral but 
etern feeling eternal. And you, you will get to the other side, but it does take work. It is not something that just happens. Um, yeah, and it's scary. It's like back in those days, that was really all I had to focus on. I focused, my focus was making sure I got clear and got a good foundation on how to handle these things so that I never have to deal with them at that level ever again. Like I will never have a full-fledged insane panic attack like I used to have because I have the tools. I know exactly. I know, I know my body better than anyone else and how that works. I know exactly how to basically arrive at those, at those feelings of, yeah, what, what, <laughs> do I believe the story that I'm telling myself right now? Do I need mm -hmm. to have a full on meltdown? The answer is no, you don't. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'd imagine if these were all brand new feelings, it would be really intense and like scary. Mm -hmm. And you just want to make it go away. That's mm -hmm. human. You know, we just want to, we just want, oh, I just, I don't want to feel that. Oof, I don't like the way that feels. I want to make that go away. Yes. Um, but I would encourage everyone, women especially, to sit in those feelings for a bit longer and work through them and decide, hey, that's not me. That's just a feeling. Yeah. I don't have to, I, I can put that feeling down. I can send that feeling away on a cloud. Like you, you, <laughs> you can use the parade float if that's more than <laughs> or on a leaf and on a screen. You know, that's a nice visual yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't, it just doesn't need to be as um, I know it feels so serious and it is, but I, but it doesn't need to be like, there is freedom. Um, there is freedom beyond these feelings and you're not, you are not your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add to, I know, um, on the other side, when you have kids and you have a job, it's a lot of times you're like, I just need a quick fix. I need whatever yeah. it is. I don't have time or energy for this, mm -hmm. but I've said it before and I will say it again. Like it is so, so important to invest in yourself first by whatever means necessary, because your kids deserve the best version of you. You deserve the best version of you. You have to take care of yourself first. It's going to be you better for everybody in the long run. Um, yeah, they deserve it. You know, for example, I miss Everly's bedtime every other Tuesday because I go to therapy. She's going to be fine. You know, like she'll, she'll survive. <laughs> she will survive. Like mom is making sure she's good and we're all better for it. So I, and two, to that point, you know, I had said to you, a little bit, uh, a little while ago before I got laid off, I was having a conversation with Ryan of like, I can't do this anymore. Like I am life on paper is so good, but I'm so unhappy. Like I can't get up and keep doing this rat race thing over and over again. I think I'm going to talk to somebody about getting on something so I can just get through this because I was just so caught in the freaking hamster wheel, the groundhog day of I get up, I get my kids off to school. I do a job I'm unfulfilled in that area where I have to spend all this time and energy all day long. My children come home. I'm exhausted. They're getting what's left over. I put them to bed. I stay up too late scrolling on my phone to try to find some enjoyment or some serotonin boost of some kind, go to sleep too late, wake up too early and repeat the cycle over and over again. And it's like, that's no freaking way to live. And I, I was caught in the I think I'm going to go see if I can get somebody to put me on something to make this more bearable. Guess what, my friends? 
the layoff was not ideal. I am so much happier now. I'm so much happier now. Like my point being like, yes, I know being laid off and having, you know, the concerns that come along with that are not what I would have chosen, but I have the freaking space to breathe again. Um, divine intervention. Yeah. I'm not searching for a fix right now. I'm not searching, you know, that, that conversation about going to talk to somebody to maybe get on something completely went away. Yeah, I know. And I think that's where it starts. I think it's just like that. It's like always so innocent too. You, you just say, Oh, you know, I'm feeling this or that. And I don't think it's, it's not like the doctor is trying to purposefully be like, Oh, you know, take this thing. It's, it's, they have seen that it, it does, it can help, but it's just too available. In my opinion, it's just too like first line of defense versus, Hey, why do you think you're feeling this way? Um, what other changes can we make before it's like a, well, if, if, if you feel you need something and I think it always comes from a, a, good intentioned place, you know, oh, if you feel like you need something, um, yeah. we can get that sorted out for you. But, but like we, how we started the conversation, why is that the first line of defense? Why is that yeah. the very first suggestion? Why is it not questioning, Hey, what's going on in your lifestyle? Right. What's going on in your eating habits? What's happening elsewhere? Yeah. Like, how are your stress levels? Why is that not a conversation? Why is it just, well, if you need something, because yeah. it can just get, it can just muddle everything together. And, yeah. you know, you start with something, you may not be enough. You may need to add something else. You may need to, add, it just, it layers to where you almost don't like recognize yourself anymore. And you're like, well, what, who am I? Like, I can't even express to you how my personality and my self-esteem, how it all opened up post-medication. It just did. I was just, even though I was, it was scarier in a sense. Cause I was like, wow, I'm it's, it's just me. I have no backup. I have no, like something I've relied on for over five years. I don't have that anymore. Yeah. It's freaky to kind of just be on your own two feet after having that, that thing to rely on. But it was, I was experiencing things so much deeper and like richer and more like how, more like me and how I wanted to experience it. Um, I didn't feel kind of dulled down or, or nervous or waiting for the next shoe to drop. It just, it felt um, really freeing, very liberating. That's beautiful though. Like the way things are supposed to be experienced. Yes. And I just want to. Yeah, the way things are supposed to be. Yeah. I just want to be totally clear for anyone listening. We are not anti-meds. There are definitely situations where like, this is the, this may be the next step that you need to take just to gain some clarity. So you can kind of start working through some of these things. Also, if you are having thoughts of harming yourself or someone else or your baby, like you need to talk to somebody right away. You need to talk to a medical professional to help you. You don't have to do any of this alone, wherever you're at in this, in this space. And there are are tools out there Mm -hmm. to help you, whether that be medication first or that, you know, be talking to somebody or exploring some other modalities to deal with some of the things that you're feeling. Um, but yeah, just taking the first step and, and, um, I think also honoring what you and your body are actually 
really capable of and, and not jumping um, to a conclusion that you can't fix it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, I feel like there's, there's, there's this societal um, pressure of you can't, you don't know yourself, you know, other people know better and they're going to tell you what's best for you. And it's mm-hmm. like, where did we lose that connection with ourselves? Only we know yeah. ourselves the deepest, your spouse, your children, your parents, that's all well and good, but only, you know, yourself as deeply as, as you do. And the answer might not be clear right away, but the alternative is you never really get to know yourself or you never get to see what, learn what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. What? I don't want to live. I don't want to live my life like that. Yeah. And I think at a young age. And I, that's why I pushed and pushed and pushed and got through to the other side. And mm-hmm. I know it's not for everyone. I know it's terrifying and it was not fun and it was very dark sometimes, but it was what I was willing to do mm-hmm. to fully embody who Mary is, who I am, because there's no other person other than you, you know, you're it, you're the only version of you, right? Why would you want to be someone else? I don't want to be someone else. No. And we're all here for a reason. Mm -hmm. If you woke up today and took a breath, you still have work to do. You were here for a reason. So be be the truest you. And that's what everyone else deserves too. And if you're not for everybody, you can't see it, but double fingers up. Like exactly. No, that's okay. That's okay. That's really okay. That, and that was a big part of it for me too. I think uh, I cared so much about what people thought of me and this and that. And you, and then you realize people aren't really thinking of you. No, they're all <laughs> too caught up in their own stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's really that focused on what you're doing and what you're, so why not do exactly what you want, live exactly how you want to live? Um, Freedom. Yeah. And you, yeah. And and some people will reject that. And you know what? There's such freedom in saying that's totally fine. I hope we all win. That's fine. You don't want, you you, you know, I'm I'm quote unquote too much for you. I'm too this, I'm too that. Being like, honestly saying that's okay. Oh my God. That's so freeing because for years I could not, I was like, Oh, I just wanted to be liked or accepted all these shallow things that really didn't add anything to my life. And fostered more anxiety, caused mm-hmm. more inner turmoil. It all, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that you could do everything in your power to try to make someone like you and they could still not like you just because they choose not to, you know, it's like, yeah. it doesn't matter what you do. Some people will just not like you. Let it go. They're not your people. Right. People There's... will love you regardless. Mm-hmm. You can't change anyone's perception of you. Mm-mm. once they've perceived something that's on them and what people think of you is really none of your business right so good, <laughs> so good. no I think that's huge whatever I've heard that semi-recently like in the last couple of years I forgot where I heard that from, but it's like yeah what people think of you is none of your business it's not it's not really for you to know or have an opinion on it's just it just is yeah it doesn't matter yeah I hear you. I hear you. I think this was such an important conversation and I'm so glad you brought it up. And 
just a reminder that those boards are a wild, wild place. Oh, and yeah. just take everything that you hear with a grain of salt because um yeah. there's, some, there's some crazy stuff on there uh that I'm like, why are why is this being blasted on the onto the internet? Yeah. It's like some of it, a lot of it's like deeply personal yeah. stuff that I'm like, are you sure this should, this is something you should be sharing? <laughs> yeah. But I thought that one was, you know, I guess I'll never know what this woman decided, but I thought that was really interesting. And, and there was only about like me and like five other women who were holding space for the opposite. And the women who were pro Zoloft were so lovely and not at all um, like of course they were had all the best intentions and they were being so supportive but it just seemed like i i felt called to offer clearly another opinion because a lot it seems like for these women who were so for it it seemed like they really had virtually no experience with how would if they, they seemed like fresh they're like i've been on it for three weeks and i'm like well, girl, I did six years on something. Yeah. So, you know, it things don't always three weeks to six years, kind of a different situation. Yeah. yeah. And of course, hormones change every what what do they say? Like every seven years your hormones change. Oh, God, I don't even know. And then when you're pregnant, it's every seven minutes. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Yeah. So it's totally this like part of the world that I don't really quite understand because obviously I'm not on med medication pregnant like these other women were or are. So clearly there's pieces of it that they understand better than I do. I just wanted to kind of offer some food for thought in general, because it seemed like it was just being shrouded with like that pregnancy, soon to be a baby. And you know, and you want to of course be the best mom. So they were like, do it now before, you know, so that you're ready. Cause of course you want to do, you want to be in your best state and in their minds this was the best possible thing she could have done yes for herself but is it in actuality i don't know that's mm -hmm. for her to decide yeah but just offering another mm -hmm. piece to consider i think is is huge yeah and you know like with any advice if it resonates great and if it doesn't yeah that's fine but even if it didn't help her maybe someone else read it and thought huh maybe maybe there's another way so yeah. and it led to this so maybe you know anyone in their walk yeah. with mental health well, here's something that'll help. And you know what? If it doesn't resonate, hit pause, move on. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Right. You just never know who you're going to impact because that's happened to me so many times where I'm impacted just by something I come across. That person didn't know they were going to impact me on that specific day. And I thought, yeah. oh, wow, that's really helpful. You just don't know. So the best thing you can do is put out, put it out there into mm -hmm. the world. And um, if people want to receive it, that's great. If it doesn't work out for them and it's not helpful, don't, don't pick it up. Don't use it. Don't use the advice. That's okay. It's too. that simple. It's okay to let yeah, it be. It's that simple. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think it was a great topic. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. I think it was great for, you know, this space that we're operating in here. And uh, yeah, I, thanks for sharing your story. I know it's not always easy to be open for, pe for people to be open about their own mental health, but I think the more we talk about it and destigmatize it, like the better we all move forward in a more healthy and whole way. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for letting me talk about it. Um, I think it's really important. I think it should be discussed more and um, I don't think it's anything to be embarrassed about so many people specifically 
deal with anxiety, depression type things. It's so common, mm-hmm. so, so common. Um, and so it doesn't need to be, and we've, we have, we've learned so much about it. We have so many tools to help you. I'm living proof of someone who, who doesn't, I, I wake up every day and I'm excited for the day and I don't have to deal with any of these feelings. And there was a time in my life, I thought that will never be me. That will never be me again. This will always be my life. I will always be stuck on something or stuck feeling this way. So it's just really important. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for letting me bring it to light. And hopefully we've helped even just one person, one listener. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's what it's all about. If one person gets Mm -hmm. one iota of help, then yeah. Yeah, it's all worth it then. So I'm sure we'll have you back on because we're for sure going to talk to you after that baby gets here and it's all for real. Yeah. Some funny stories. I'm sure week one. I can't week one. I have some things to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be so much fun and hard and all the things and I'm here for it and I'm ready. Yay. I love it. I love it. So we'll, we'll wrap this episode here and we will talk to you real soon. I want to thank Mary again for bringing this matter to my attention and suggesting it for an episode. Uh, She was right on. I think it was a very important topic that is worth talking about. Just to reiterate, we are not doctors. We are not mental health professionals. This is all just opinion. And if you are struggling in your day-to-day and life is just very, very hard for you right now, um, talk to somebody. Talk to your doctor. Find a mental health professional. Get that ball rolling because you need to take care of you. And again, if you are having thoughts of harming yourself or your baby or someone else in your life, please reach out for help right away. We will drop um, some resources in the show notes if you are going through a rough time. Thank you again for being here today. I hope the episode provided some food for thought. Um, I think it is safe to say that SSRIs are becoming very, very common as a means to cope with this life that we are all living because times are tough and life is hard and it's okay to need a little help sometimes. We are absolutely not degrading the benefits or the need for these SSRIs. However, we are offering some tools to perhaps assist before you take the step of meeting with your doctor and getting on a medication or to help you navigate your life if you are considering Um, stepping down your dosage or stopping your usage entirely. Some of the things we talked about in this episode are yoga and learned breathing techniques. Um, I've had some very amazing breathwork session experiences recently, and it's something I highly recommend. I'll drop in a resource for that in the show notes. There are lots of other tools out there to learn and to practice to help you stop the spiral. You can talk yourself down from a lot of these situations and learn to trust yourself to work through these issues. Also remember that these emotions are happening to you. They are not you. You are experiencing anxiety. You are not your anxiety. You are so much more powerful than that. Also honor that emotions are visitors. Notice them, 
Pay attention to where they show up in your body. Give them space, breathe into them, and then let them leave. You don't have to hang on to them. And lastly, remember you know yourself best. Maintaining that connection to yourself is what we're all about over here at Having a Mom Moment. And I encourage you to stay tapped in and in tune with yourself and your needs as much as possible. Don't forget to come hang out with me over on Instagram or on Facebook at Having a Mom Moment. And if there's a topic you're interested in hearing about or something you want to discuss, you can drop me a DM or you can fill out that guest questionnaire in the show notes. If you want to share your journey as a mom or if you have a topic that you think is important for moms to hear about, let's get you on. Let's talk about it. As always, remember you are amazing, you are loved, and I am so proud of the amazing human that you are. Take care of yourself.